Hi, everyone. It's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Most people would agree that loving another and expressing love is a beautiful thing, one of the most evolved expressions of human emotion. Many value close relationships and see a close relationship as necessarily being a loving one. However, there are times when what appears on the surface as a close loving relationship is actually a form of control and oppression, which I refer to as distorted love. Today, we're going to talk about distorted love, how to recognize when you're controlled by it, how to distinguish it from true love, and how to transcend it. After the discussion, we're going to wrap it up with a group frequency calibration to help to begin to clear the distortion patterns around this topic. So let's get started. Dennis? The other day, Karen, we had the opportunity to do a segment on control, and that was really fascinating, you know, to talk about control. So this segment is, we're bringing in a couple other factors, love and relationships. Mm -hmm. And what does control have to do with those two? Is that kind of where we're at? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's exactly where we're at. And I don't mean just intimate relationship, I mean relationships. And a lot of this um, will happen when, because in our culture, we assume that if somebody or two people have a very close relationship, that it's only about love, right? It's like a lot of people think, oh, that's lovely. They have this amazing relationship. It's all about love. And I don't mean just like I said, intimate partnership. It could be between mother and daughter. It could be between father and son. It could be between two friends, whatever. Now, oftentimes what happens is that because of distortion patterns and where we are as consciousness, generally speaking, control seeps into the relationship. So because we love somebody, it's very easy to think that we are right and we know best for them. They should do this. They should not do that. And what happens is that as that escalates, it can become more and more intense. And that is a form of control because do we really know what's best for them? We think we do, right? I'm not saying this is out of malicious intent. I'm just saying that this is a form of control because it's a desire to impose your will upon someone else, right? Because you know better, right? This presumption is that you know better than they do. So therefore, they should follow along with you. So that's what I mean by what I call distorted love, where it looks like a very close, intimate relationship, but there's it's actually um, this love that's distorted into a control pattern. This happens a lot with mothers and daughters, I've noticed in the people that I work with often, where um, mothers are very involved. And I, please know that I have nothing against moms, right? I have a lot of friends who are mothers. I obviously have a mother, right, who I'm close to. So, right, it's not, I'm not picking on moms. It's just that I've noticed that some, oftentimes, when relationships with mothers and daughters are very close, oftentimes is an element of control happening there where mom's very 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 involved in the daughter's life and there's a lot of should and there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of you have to's a lot of obligation that is not coming from the individual i mean the daughter it's coming from the mother now it also flips right it can be that actually it's interesting to me because i have a number of clients who are moms who have done the work and their daughters haven't and the daughters start to control the mothers but the mothers used to run control patterns 
It's kind of interesting, yeah. right? And now the daughters are coming up against those same control patterns and at the point, because they're adult children, of needing to release those. Not needing to, but it would be a beneficial to them because it's being shown to them that this is coming up for them. So that's what I mean by love and control and distorted love, right? Because we assume that closeness indicates love alone. So um, a couple thoughts. Yeah. Um, the word lineage kind of came through yeah. as you were describing that. Yep. So a lot of times these relationships, yep. whether it's spouses or siblings or mother-daughter or father-daughter, whatever, mm -hmm. some of that could have been, you know, things that have come from Absolutely. the family. Yes, very much so. You know, yep. grand grandparents, great-grandparents mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So it all might be very innocent, you mm -hmm. know, but here it is mm -hmm. in living color. Yeah. And so here's here's my question. Okay. Is I, I was curious if you're working with someone, mm -hmm. let's let's say it's a it's a couple and, yeah. you, and you're working with the lady. Okay. But the husband is not doing this work. Yeah. But there is kind of that control issue. Mm -hmm. Could you help um, the folks that are listening? How, how do you kind of maneuver that when one of you in the relationship is doing the work mm -hmm. and kind of becoming aware of what you're talking about yeah. and the other one's not? Yeah. So uh, that's a great question. What happens is that as you become aware of the control patterns that are running through you, in that type of relationship, often control is going in both directions, right? You're controlling each other, right? Because there's fear happening on either party's side. Control in relationship usually happens because we fear loss in some way. We fear the other person will leave us. We fear that they'll, they'll um, move on to someone else or whatnot. And therefore, because of that fear of loss, there's a need to control them, meaning bind them to us so we don't lose them. Okay? And as a result, so to get back to your question, what happens is as we start to remove the distortion patterns and the underlying fear of loss for her, because in your example, it was the woman that we were working, that I'm working with, for her, she starts to notice more and more her own patterns of control. And also when control is exerted upon her and has less and less tolerance for it. Okay. So she has a couple of choices at that point, And so does he. Okay, because now their relationship dynamic is starting to shift because she no longer wants to tolerate that level of control because she's breaking away from it. And she also starts to become more neutral in terms of her need for him in the in this mm. sense that she realizes as she's doing the work, assuming that she's ascending and doing the accountability portion and confirming the deletion of the patterns, she's becoming more whole and complete and therefore realizing that she doesn't need him to be there in order for her to feel complete. He compliments her, but he doesn't complete her. So therefore, she's becoming more free in, in essence. And also she's freeing herself because she's noticing, wow, I'm controlling him a lot. Like It's not about him necessarily. It's just I am doing this. So I'm feeling it when it's happening to me. I also am very aware when I'm doing it to him. So it becomes this process of liberating herself from these frequencies, which happen can happen rather quickly. Now, if you have one party who's moving faster than the other, there's a couple of choices that happens. One is the partner, so in this case the man, would follow along, meaning she starts to clear, he starts to feel, wow, this is amazing, this is shifting the dynamic in our relationship, I'm starting to feel more free, because she's aware now that she doesn't um, want to control him. 
Does that make sense? So he's experiencing a new level of liberation. It's a lot healthier. It's a lot, yeah, exactly. So he could, in one case, so the one possibility, one possibility is that he feels free and happier and therefore feels net less of a need to control her. Mm. It can also swing in the other direction. He can feel, start to feel threatened. Okay, this is actually, this is definitely a possibility where he starts to feel threatened and starts to try to control more. Okay, at some point there will be usually a breaking where he has to decide what to do because it becomes too much. So she won't tolerate it. And then he has to decide, do I really want to try and control this person so much that I, you know, that it, it's uncomfortable for them to the point that it breaks the relationship, right? So do I start to control more or do I back it up and start to do more work on myself so I don't feel like I have a need to? Do you see what I'm saying? He yeah. starts to realize, wait, she's becoming more free and here I am getting more and more bound in my own need to control and becoming more fear-laden. Do I want to continue in this manner? Or he dives even deeper and tries to even more and it breaks the relationship. That's kind of the possibilities that tend to happen. There are other permutations, of course, but typically that's sort of what happens. So, yeah. It, it sounds like the bottom line is if, if one of the parties is doing the work, mm -hmm. it's truly a sense of awareness. Mm -hmm. And uh, the party that's not doing the work mm -hmm. starts to become very aware that things are shifting. That's right. And yep. the party that is doing the work is becoming a very aware within themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, here's my story. Yeah. I've got to take a look at my story first. Yes. And then, you know, what the relationship is. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there. There is. And what I will say is that for um, a number of women that I work with, where these patterns are present within relationship, what's remarkable is that they start to become really strong internally if they persist, right? If they keep moving with the frequency work. And that becomes the primary thing for them. And what happens is they want to often see if their partner will come with them. I mean, it's not like they just like chuck the partner, you know what I mean? It's, it's not about that. I mean, there's love in this relationship also. It's not like it's only control. It's just control is present. Multiple things can be happening at the same time. So. Of course, these women are getting stronger in themselves and encouraging their partners to come with them. Now, if the partner doesn't want to move, that person has a choice. They can continue to move on their own without the partner yep. or not, right? So they have a yep. couple of choices. And, and it's interesting to see as people adjust, and no one can predict exactly what's going to happen because everything is adjusting. It's all fluid all the time and everyone's making free, free will choices. Yep. So, so that's not to scare people from doing it yeah. because what often happens is people are aware of it. They just don't necessarily want to admit it. What I was thinking about, Karen, is um, to muddy the water just a little more. Sure. You know, um, so we were talking about mother-daughter mm -hmm. and then we were talking about couples. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of families that are listening, we've got children involved. Mm -hmm. So now we've got you know, we've got the wife, we've got the husband, mm -hmm. and they've got their thing that they're doing, and maybe one of them's doing the work, one of them's not. Mm -hmm. And then you've got these children that are observing all this. Mm -hmm. And what we've talked about before is about, you know, one of the reasons we do the work is to stop these patterns. Mm -hmm. So the children, a lot of times, the parents are very concerned about the children. Mm -hmm. But the good news is if we can break these patterns mm -hmm. of control, mm -hmm. no matter who's doing it or you know how it's coming out, mm -hmm. is the children are going to be the benefactors. Yes. Yes, in different ways. So if the children, so first of all, in your example, it doesn't have to be a straight couple. It could be two yeah. women or two men and um, as the parents. And so 
also um, what I was going to say is that so the children benefit yes so if if the children typically are between five to seven or less the work that you do on yourself tends to more directly benefit them because they are still in training to you and they are and you're the dominant frequency authority typically the parent is yep as the children age what happens is other frequencies come in right so lineage starts to entrench culture entrenches all that stuff and they're in the world experiencing whatever they're experiencing and they're becoming their own people therefore their experience is a little bit more removed from yours what happens though is if you have enough frequency authority so meaning if the child is now 10 11 12 13 17 whatever and you are starting to clean up because you have the frequency authority assuming that you haven't done enough work so essentially if you have done enough work to rise in terms of your frequency level the children will follow you typically because you have a certain amount of momentum and you're close to them and you're within the mastermind of the family so it's a more indirect benefit in the sense that they start to follow because they want to even at the cellular level we entrain Okay, they've even shown this in labs that cells that are vibrating higher will will be the one that's dominant. So the other lower vibrating cells will follow. So entrainment happens at the cellular level, level even. So what my point is, is that children will follow because you're in a mastermind, the one that's leading in terms of frequency authority. So as you clean up, they will too. It requires more participation. And what I've noticed with the parents that I work with oftentimes is they'll start to play my group frequency calibration in the background or include the kids in the deep dives or they'll whatever have that stuff playing so the children are receiving the work and that works too and because they're so young it happens faster for them so that benefits them so yes it benefits them younger more directly as they get older less so but still benefits them and during these times you yeah. know there's just a lot going on yeah and so for an individual to do the work is amazing totally and then when you take that individual and look at the relationships mm -hmm. it it can be quite fascinating, but also challenging. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what this segment does, is allows people to truly look at, not only as myself, but the relationships that I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say that it's a really excellent opportunity to take a look at the relationships we have, where we feel like we know best, because when we start to impose our idea of what we think we know best on another, it can be a very slippery slope. And control can start to look like oppression very quickly. It doesn't take very long where your a will starts to oppress someone else's. And when you start to do that, that it becomes actually harder for you to ascend because you're oppressing other people with your will, which is not neutral, <laughs> first of all. And secondly, it is... Um, a very uh, ego-based practice, right? Because it's about you wanting to dominate someone else. And it won't seem like that necessarily to most people. It's not like, you know, when I think something is best for mother, like I'm out to dominate my mother. I mean, it's not like I'm trying to do that, right? And at the same time, why am I so vested that my way is the right way? Okay, so it's to watch the mind about what we think is best, what we think is right, and to examine our rule sets for ourselves and for others, and why are we so attached to those rule sets? All those things prevent us from being neutral. So control, or the desire to control, or know best for someone, is a really wonderful indicator of how neutral we really truly are, 
and our closest relationships are the best mirrors for that. Right? <laughs> Parents, intimate partners, children, <laughs> all those people. <laughs> exactly. Right. So to take a good look at that and see where is it that I need to become more neutral in terms of my attachment to what it is that they're doing. Well, I think after this segment, you know, focusing on love, relationships, and the impact of control, uh, the group is really going to be excited to do the GFC. Yeah. So the GFC, I mean, we're talking a lot, which is great, but the group frequency calibration is where it's at because it's very difficult mentally alone to recognize control and to be like, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. It's, it's, I mean, for me, it's been challenging. The, the frequency work is where that starts to really shift. Um, and for some people, it will take a, quite a bit of work to release this, mm -hmm. and especially those with really strong lineage patterns. And I've noticed in East Asian cultures, and I say that because that's the culture I'm mm -hmm. from, and in other cultures as well, However, in Asian cultures, this is expected that one generation dominates the other. It is just the way it is. And so therefore, those patterns are extremely entrenched and it's considered to be normal and acceptable and actually sometimes even encouraged that that remains the case. So it can be pretty deep. And um, so it's not just the dynamic of you in the family, your nuclear family, as you say, it's lineage and also culture for many people as well. So it's really deep. And the thing about intimacy and freedom in relationship, which is really exciting, is those two words don't usually come together. That's where you're no, that's where, that's like when you've passed through all this detox, all the personal accountability, all the de confirmed deletion of the patterns, when you get to clear all this stuff, that's when you get to enjoy both at the same time in a relationship. That sounds like a good segment. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, uh, and just a reminder to the listeners as far as listening to the GFC, yeah. it's, it's certainly wonderful to go back and listen two, three, four, five times. Yeah, if you feel called these to. Are, these are extremely challenging topics. Yeah, and so. you'll know. So if you feel compelled to listen to them multiple times, I encourage you to do that. And then all of a sudden you'll sort of feel the need, you just won't want to anymore. You just, you just find yourself not wanting to. So Very that's good. a good time to stop. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Karen. Thank you. Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC. Exactly what is that? A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to pure source even more and to clear the distortion patterns of this particular topic, what happens is a tremendous amount of momentum starts to happen because of the energetic of the entire group. And each individual is able to move faster and ascend higher than they could have on their own. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for what's love got to do with it. So the uh, theme of this particular GFC will be to begin to address distorted love or um, control masquerading as love or distorting 
into a form of love. So becoming aware, please, of your body. And as you're aware of your body, becoming aware of the backs of your knees. Good. Yep. And now, becoming aware of your heels. What they're touching, if they're warm or cold, just noticing your heels. Good. And now please become aware of your breath. Just noticing your breath at first without changing it. How is your breath in this moment? And after a couple of breaths, taking this next moment to deepen your breath. To allow it to become more long. To expand further and to take up more space inside your body. Filling not only your front body, like your chest, but also your back body, so your upper back. Allowing the breath to become more spherical, more round. And now please become aware of your surroundings. Becoming aware of the air. Just noticing the quality of the air. temperature, if it feels fresh or stale to you, the humidity, if it feels charged with ions or if it's a bit flat, just noticing the air and the texture of the air. 
And then, either with eyes opened or closed, whichever is your preference, please notice the quality of the light. Even if you're sitting in semi-darkness or semi-blackness, just noticing the quality of the light. Rarely are we in situations where there's absolutely no light. So just noticing the quality of this very little light if you're in semi-blackness. Good. And now please triangulate. So for those of you who are new, triangulating simply means to become aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. What those objects are is not important. So noticing the distance between each object and you. So for example, if object A is the coffee table, noticing the distance between the coffee table and you. And then feeling the distance between the coffee table and you. Good. And then you're going to do this for objects B and C. And you'll notice that as you do this with each object, your sense of where you are in space becomes more focused or more clarified or somehow more present for you. And for those of you who are more experienced and faster at this, just bring your attention to your heart space in the center of your chest, in your nipple line, breathing normally as we wait for everyone to catch up. Good. Everyone take a nice deep breath in, holding your breath for a count of six. And then whenever you, whenever you have finished with that six count, releasing the air out of your lungs and holding your breath out for a count of four. Mm -hmm. Good. And whilst we wait for the mastermind to coalesce, please note that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level and that I often work in silence because I'm usually accessing very high frequencies and it doesn't benefit you um, for me to make physical noise because that can lower the frequency resonance. I also do sometimes make noise. So you'll hear me uh, yawn or hum or sometimes exhale sharply. And that's often how I'm removing uh, lower, denser or stickier distortion patterns. The other thing for you to note is that if there is something that really resonates with you in terms of what I'm saying, it's likely yours. And if there is something that you really resist, like you couldn't possibly be you, 
then it's likely yours. So I invite you to be open and to investigate further. Good. So bring your attention, please, to your a front of your throat, in addition to your xiphoid process, which is right at the base of your sternum. Your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest. So right at the base of that, if you trace your finger along it, where it goes from bone to flesh, and it's a little tender when you press on it, that is your xiphoid process. So bringing your attention to the xiphoid process and the front of the throat, we're going to ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? That question again is how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this space, which is surprisingly vast. Please become aware of or imagine a brilliance at its very center that you either see or feel. And as you keep your attention on that brilliance, it intensifies and expands outwards through all of your cells, out through your organs, through your bones, out through the pores of your skin. into the space between your physical body and the outer perimeter of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Please become aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Mm-hmm. Good. And now, please become aware of the space all around the sphere. 
And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working at spirit level to increase your frequency resonance, irrespective of where it began. The higher your frequency resonance, the more effective this session. Because it comes from the highest resonating order. The more spirit momentum you have, and the faster your integration or detox. Good. Yeah. Good. Bringing your attention, please, from your heart space in the center of your chest and your nipple line, all the way up in a straight line through the center of your body to right underneath your chin. Okay, so if you found the midpoint of your chin, just drew a line down the center, all the way down to your heart space. That whole line, including the vertebrae in the back of your neck. So what we're doing first is releasing the distortion pattern of control. So what we're also going to do is heighten your awareness of it. Okay, so it's kind of like a twofer where we're going to release the pattern of control and you're going to start to notice it where you didn't see it before. So it's a clarification, okay, of different forms of control, how much it's around us and running through our relationships, even through ourselves, okay? That oftentimes we confuse control for love because that is how we were raised. So now your parents did the best they could. All right, so it's not like we're trying to blame anybody because that is not helpful. It is simply to clarify control patterns now so you can confirm the removal of them and they don't perpetuate in your relationships, especially your most close ones. So let's first release the distortion and then clarify.
Good. Mm -hmm. And those same two spots, releasing this attachment to love looking a certain way because we're familiar with it. So you interpret love by being however it is that was given to you by your parents. Okay? Not completely, but in good measure. Either because you agree with it or you are in reaction to it. It doesn't really matter. It's still informed by them. So let's release this attachment because if you... This is an external reference point. It's something that is known to you and therefore makes you feel stable within the identity that is you. So we're releasing this. Releasing this attachment so that something new can exist. With this attachment here, it's virtually impossible to do anything, even if you want it. Yes. Good. Mm -hmm. Just in the heart space, this is the thought form or belief that if you uh, are not, let's call it involved, <laughs> very involved, okay, controlling in some way, that it means you don't care for somebody, right? So, like I said, love has been defined a certain way and it makes you a bad person if you're not doing this set of behaviors or feeling a certain way or if you're not receiving it. Okay, It means that you're not worthy of receiving love. That's not true. You, it just That whole distortion pattern is around a distorted form of love to begin with. Okay, So let's release this. Good. Becoming aware of your xiphoid process right at the base of your sternum and about three inches or seven centimeters directly beneath it in a straight line towards your belly button, clearing out and resetting your pain body, okay, which has a memory of you before the distortion patterns were released. So clearing that out and integrate the zeroed out pain body 
with the new higher resonating version of yourself. Good. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. These GFCs help people release distortion patterns. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If a GFC topic resonates with you, often more work that can be provided in this one GFC is needed to really clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.